Welcome to the Fashionista Life, where we talk about fashion, interior design, parenting, and everything that encompasses the lifestyle of a fashionista. You can't help but smile with our host, Jennifer Johnson, a true fashionista and lifestyle expert, coming to you live from Naples, Florida. Hi, friends, and thanks for listening to The Fashionista Life, brought to you by True Fashionistas, where you can sell, shop, and look fabulous. I am your host, Jennifer Johnson, and today we welcome back into our studio, Sarah Mueller, and she is a certified conscious parenting coach and from Dr. Shafali, who Oprah um, touts as revolutionary and life-changing. And she's going to be receiving her certificate in leadership and excellence from Harvard University. I think that's so cool. In September, (laughs) and as well as a professional certificate in trauma and resilience from Florida State University. And we're going to be talking about, um, you know, something in that realm, our our second podcast here. But um, Mm -hmm. welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back here and to have this opportunity to chat with you. It is so awesome to have you back. Um, I'm sure our listeners learned a lot from the other podcasts that we've done. And today I really want to talk about, um, let's talk about you for a little bit. Uh, (laughs) So like I said, we've had you on the podcast before. We've learned a lot. Um, And really as school has started or is starting for a lot of people, um, a lot of kids and um, some have started, some haven't. I wanted to talk about transitioning, okay? Mm-hmm. Transitioning from our kids, um, long summers, and now we're back at school. I remember growing up, and I'm sure you probably do too, where it seemed like summer, you know, took, I, I don't know, all of a sudden here at school, right? Um, it's like waiting for for Christmas or whatever. It seemed like it took a long time. And now as parents, it's like, oh my gosh, it flew by. Yes. I'm wondering if our kids still feel the same way that it takes forever for summer. It's so interesting because I asked my son that this morning on the way to drop him off at one of his summer camps. I said, wow, it feels like the summer has flown by. You know, school's going to be starting Mm -hmm. soon. Does it feel that way to you? And he said it did. And who knows if he's just, you know, playing into what I've been talking about. But I think we do a lot of if we're getting out of the normal routine and we're having fun and we're doing different things and that that helps us to remember more of our life experiences which just makes our life feel more full so maybe it feels like because all these different things right. are happening that it's it's gone quickly and there's been a lot going on and it's interesting that he said that mm-hmm. right because my daughter is like, oh my God. <laughs> but then she's going to be a senior. And, uh, you know, I, we've done a lot this summer. For me, it's flown by for like you, you know, and as the older you get that saying, the older you get, the faster time seems yes. to fly. But you're right. We fill our days and and our minutes with everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we want to talk about some tips for transitioning our kids and, and maybe it needs to be per age group. I don't know how that, you know, but how do we transition them seamlessly from their summer routine of staying up late, you know, mm-hmm. waking up late, um, and more then time. more free time to do absolutely anything you want, eating anything you want kind of thing, transitioning that back into some sort of routine? When should we be doing it? How should How does that look? Sure. So, you know, with the whole methodology of conscious parenting, we always, even though we're focused on parenting our children... We always start by looking first at ourselves as the parent, as the adult. And, you know, one thing that I would offer right away is to 
how can you set yourself up for a good transition? How can you take care of yourself and get yourself ready? Because I know even transitioning from school to summer was really challenging for me the first couple of weeks. We had a new puppy in the house as well. Oh. So it was all kinds of new things. What kind of puppy? I have we have a, a baby Rottweiler. Oh so it's our first of that breed. We've always been golden owners, but oh. my husband's <laughs> very excited to have that. So, you know, we had the new puppy and then we had the new schedule and that took a while, uh, a couple weeks probably for me to transition. And at first I fought it. You know, I was, I was frustrated. What's going on here? I don't have my afternoons. I work from home and I'm used to having a quiet house. And now I've got a puppy and children making noise and needing things <laughs> for me. So more of it was me sort of not accepting the reality that this is a transitional time. And when we can make peace and uh, befriend what mm-hmm. is, then we're, there's a lot less struggle. So Going into this transition, understanding that there's probably going to be a little bumps, there's going to be a little resistance or pushback from either ourselves, our own <laughs> right. schedules, having to get out, got to get out of the house first thing in the morning quickly, um, and with our children as well. And so, as long as we are sort of expecting that and going to be okay with it, and know that we'll roll roll with it, it makes the process a little bit easier. That's a great point because again, they feel our our kids feel our anxiety. Yes, right and. I mean, even our animals feel our anxiety. And I know that from the 4th of July, our little puppy was Mm -hmm. so scared. Yes. And if you come in calm, cool, collected, and they feel that energy. Absolutely. And and that is one of the things that that we talked a little bit about on the Mm -hmm. last podcast. And I wanted to share today, especially for those with children who are going to school for the first time. So the preschoolers or the kindergartners. You know, we first have to make peace with it ourselves because our children, if we're having any resistance, if we're scared, our children will absolutely pick up on it. So how can we create that peace for ourselves? Maybe it's more self-care. Maybe it's taking <laughs> some time just to journal. What does this look like? Mm-hmm. You know, and and, make, and making it okay for ourselves so that our children aren't reacting to our own fear or our own anxiety around it. And then with the younger kids, it's 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 really for all the children, but especially the younger kids who haven't been in school before. You know, how can we start to help them understand what this is going to look like? How can we create loose expectations for them? You know, like my oldest son does better if he knows what to expect. So anytime we go somewhere new or he tries a new summer camp, I try to give him an idea of what's going to likely happen while also adding an element of flexibility to it, you know, because we don't mm-hmm. want it to be so rigid that our children, if something's off or the bus doesn't come at 847 or 747, like we say that they start to get anxious. Right. But we do want to give them and an, an some idea of what to expect and start talking about it and start being excited about it. I would say probably about a month before and then just kind of creeping up a little bit more, adding more about school. And a way to help to build that expectation, especially for the younger kids, is to get them involved in the process. You know, one of the things that our children of all ages like, and all of us human beings of any age really like, is autonomy. Mm -hmm. We're our own sovereign beings. And so for for some kids, it can feel like we're taking that away from them when they've had the summer where they get to do fun and, like you said, stay up late, have whatever they want to eat. And all of a sudden, we're sort of forcing them to go to school. But if we can offer them choices, if we can get them involved in the process, they're more likely to move into it versus be rigid against it, you know, fighting it. How do you, you know, it could be, you know, let's go, let's go supply shopping. Come help me pick out your supplies. Mm -hmm. Or we need to start getting our morning routine in order so that we can catch the bus on time. What do you think we should do first? Should we do brush teeth first thing in the morning or should we have breakfast and giving them choices? And they can, even the young kids, you know, they can be Uh involved in that conversation and then they're more likely to go along with that routine. They're in and, charge. And yes, they feel they feel in charge. So 
getting getting their involvement in that process versus just kind of this is what we're going to do. Right. <laughs> you know, I liked something that you mentioned um, early on and you said, you know, maybe journaling what this is going to look like, kind of like manifesting what it's going to look like. So you, you've you got this idea in your head, but you also have to be uh, not so rigid, right? And be like, mm-hmm. okay, just like the child can't be rigid. You can't be either. If this doesn't work out this way, how I see it, it's okay. Yes. And I think that that, ma- that word manifestation, and you know, I like to use the word intention. So a lot of the work that I do with any of my clients is we want to live an intentional life versus mm-hmm. just reacting to what life throws at us. We have a lot more success and joy when we're intentional with our time. So what do we intend for the school year? What do we intend for our mornings to look like? Do I want to have a few moments of connection with my kids before they get on get on the bus? Sure. And of course, you know, life throws its curveballs. And so we don't always get what we <laughs> intend, but we're more likely to have that outcome that we're wanting to create if we are giving it some thought, journaling it, or just putting a little bit of time and energy into planning what can make the process easier. You know, if you know that your your son or daughter um is is afraid about friendships or um you know is is hesitant because they don't know their teacher you know how can you address that and and bring that in earlier on versus waiting for sort of the backlash of it to happen once school has started and reacting to it right started out you know with that thought in mind mm-hmm. right be intentional i love that because we all have to learn to be more intentional why are what is the why behind the action Yes, exactly. What what do you want to create? Mm-hmm. What is is it just about getting your kids to school or do you want to make it an enjoyable experience for them where there's a little peace in the morning versus right. all this chaos? And there's I still going to be some chaos. I so wish I would have had this conversation with you how many years ago? <laughs> because, you know, there's no manual for being a parent. No. And you don't know what you don't know. And if mm-hmm. somebody hasn't explained or you haven't researched, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. And this is just such valuable information for all of our listeners. Um, I do have a question. So we've kind of talked about the younger kids going back to school. What about parents sending their children to college for the first time? I mean, that's got to be scary. Yeah. So a part of that age group of children is that's the, the, the point where we just we have to let go of control. So it's all the work that we've done in the prior years leading up to this time period where we kind of step back and say, okay, you know, I've, I've helped you become a responsible human. I've, I've done my best to be there for you. And now I, I allow you to go, to go forward. And so I, as our children are going off to college, we want to think about that relationship of parents and, you know, teenager moving into early, mm-hmm. early twenties, but it's still around knowing that our, that our teenage children of any teenage year, they want a friend. They don't want a parent. They don't want sermons. They don't want judgment. Yes. We want to give that to them, but that's just going to push them away even more. So we, we kind of do that intentional work in the earlier years so that once the teenagers are there and once they're heading out to college, we can say, Hey, I'm here for you. I'm I'm your friend. I'm going to listen. I'm going to support you. I'm going to meet you where you're at. And we have to figure out how to let go of control. So that is again looking back at us as mom or dad, where where am I where am I holding on? Where am I grasping yet? Mm-hmm. And how can I invite in that that accepting and that letting go? You know, um creating that relationship through the teenage years as best you can to let them know that you're there for them. And to kind of step back with without pushing the advice and the sermons on them, you, you're always there. And if they ask, then you respond. But our children kind of shut us down if we're always saying, do this, oh, do yes. that, do this, do that, <laughs> you know? So I, I guess that leads me to another question. Do you become their 
parent or do you become their friend? And when does that, when does that switch over? When does that change? Because I know what you're talking about. You know, your child can go to their friend's house and be an angel for the, that parent, right? Mm -hmm. Then they come home and they're probably turning you off because you're always like, don't do this. Don't do that. They're not going to listen to you because you're presenting it in that manner. So where, where's that line? Yeah. So part of it is still allowing your child of any age to have the natural consequence of how they're being. So if they're, if you're saying, you know, it's time to go to bed, you've got a test in the morning and they don't listen, then your job is to allow them to accept responsibility for that is to let them stay up and then be really tired the next day. <laughs> and you don't write them a note to let them get out of school and mm -hmm. take the test over again. They learn the natural consequence of staying up too late and not getting a good night's sleep before the test. So the parent, the friendship relationship is really only one way as I'm, as I'm sharing this. So you are there for them to, to support them and to, to be their friend. However, they are not your friend. I see. So you're not going to them with your problems. You're not going right. to them complaining about things. You're not going to them with any drama that you're experiencing. That's not for our children mm -hmm. to experience. So it's a one-sided friendship mm -hmm. where then once they get a little bit older, it usually comes back and it becomes more of a two-sided. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to give you a specific year or age because it really depends on sure. each child's maturity and the relationship mm -hmm. that was established in all those earlier years. I love that. That is so, so neat. All right. We are going to head to a quick commercial break and then we will be right back. With the kids headed back to school, you may have a little extra time on your hands to clean your closet and theirs. And hey, maybe you even have a little time to redecorate your house. And if you're wondering what to do with all that stuff you've accumulated, well, bring it all to True Fashionistas where they sell your unwa unwanted items for you. They take away all the hassle by doing all the work and all you have to do is collect your money. You can re reach out to them online at truefashionistas.com. Come into the store or check them out on Facebook or Instagram. And that is truefashionistas.com. All right. We are back again with Sarah Mueller and she is our guest in studio today. And she is a certified conscious parenting coach. And we're talking about heading back to school, transitioning from summer into the school year. And um, great to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. So let's chat uh, now about leading up to school. You know, we kind of talked about the pregame. Any more tips on, on the pregame, <laughs> as I like to call it? Yeah. So I, you know, especially with the younger kids, um, you know, they, they want us to they, they want to maintain that connection with us, even though we aren't going to be with them during the day when they're at school. And so for, for younger children who are going off and they, they might not be used to school or they just might have a little bit of anxiety around it, it's, it's great to have some sort of connection, secret code or secret word or secret handshake. Mm -hmm. And what it, what it does is when, when the day's over, when you, or maybe when you're saying goodbye in the morning, and then when you're meeting at the end of the day, when you're getting off the bus or you're picking your kid up from school, this is a secret handshake or a, a word, a phrase that you guys create together. Mm -hmm. And that just reminds them that, and you that, Hey, we're united. We're connected. Mom and dad were thinking about me and they care about me. You know, I think when we're looking at the the age group of middle school, you know, middle school, we're talking about the transition into right. school, but mm -hmm. middle school itself for our children is just a transition in general. This is when they're starting to understand social comparison and realize that there are different people. 
um, and that we're, we have there, there are things that make us different. And, you know, that's a hard time, especially for girls. There's a lot more oh, around yes. body image right. that, that girls seem to have to deal with over boys. And so our, our key here is really to light up when we see our children, when they're in that middle school age group, you know, and so that, that, you know, that connection, that secret code, whatever, mm-hmm. that might be a little weird for the middle schoolers, but, but some way that you light up when you see them and you let them know that you love them for who they are, because they're having a really hard they're going to a very challenging are. day-to-day experience I at have school a and middle secret school. to share, but this was like elementary school. So my son uh, just did not want to go to school. He held onto my leg. Um, I drew a little heart on his, in his hand. And I said, you know, if you ever get sad, just look at that. And then at one point, it was a coin. So it wasn't as obvious okay. <laughs> as they get older, you know, uh, putting that there was pretty obvious, but as an elementary school student, it wasn't like, what is that on your hand? Mm-hmm. It was something, it was a coin or something in the pocket that when you touch that, you just think of mom. Yeah. I love just, that so much. I got goosebumps as you, <laughs> as you shared that idea. And that's, you know, that's what our children need. They need to know that even though they're, they're being courageous and going mm-hmm. out into this new world that we are always there for them and supporting them. And, you know, absolutely. We talked about being intentional. Well, if we can be a little more intentional with our time and leave them a note in their lunchbox or their backpack, yes, great or, idea. you know, Wonderful just little idea. things like that, that you can do every once in a while that really makes a big difference for our children. They remember those things mm-hmm. and then they, they feel supported. And I love that. I just leaving something in their lunchbox. Great tip. Because yes. they're they're totally not going to expect it, mm-hmm. and I know as they get older, <laughs> that's not necessarily what they want to see in high school, but definitely middle school, elementary school, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, other tips? Yeah. So, I think that um, we one more thing about middle school is that we really need to build the the skill of empathy at that age because of you know what i shared with mm-hmm. this transitional time for our children whether they're going into school or they are just in that middle school age so really meeting our our children where they're at and this is for every age mm-hmm. but it's especially important for the middle school years you know we are our kids might be worried about you know are, is my teacher going to like me or yeah. am i going to have friends i'm not going to know anyone what are they going to think of me and you know, as adults, we can have the wisdom and say, oh, it doesn't matter if not everyone likes you. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, you're not everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. Like we now as adults, having lived all of our years can say that and understand it. But to our children, that's not helpful for them to hear that because we're, it's almost like we're invalidating what they're saying, right? First, we need to hear them. So if there's, if they're saying something like, well, I'm nervous, you know, what if, what if people don't like me or what if my teacher's mean or what if I can't find the room or, you know, whatever it is, we first need to let them know that they're seen, they're, he- they're heard and they're understood. And so that's, you know, meeting them where they're at, mm-hmm, saying, I, you know, just mirroring back what they're saying, repeating back what they're saying. And it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just shows them that you hear them. And sometimes that's, that's all they need after you're certain that they have, that they've been heard. Then you can say, you know, I remember feeling this way when I was your age. And as best as you can come up with a mm-hmm. story that you can you can share <laughs> right. of something true that happened mm-hmm. to you, you know, then then they can start to see you as the the non-perfect human because a lot of our children, especially in the younger years, they think that we're superwoman right. and superman. So we show them that we've been through the same challenges that they have. And that is less, you know, sermony. <laughs> right, we, exactly. When we I'm, share our own example. I'm not going to tune you out at this point. I will listen, right? Yes. Yes. Which, so, go ahead. 
Yeah. So, so being able to, to do that with them and, you know, allowing them to uh, trying to figure out what's underneath their fear and their anxiety. You know, I know that's something that we sort of chatted about mm-hmm. bef- right. to talk about today is, you know, there, there is some, cause j- there's just this, this uncertainty right. about school, about something different for all of us. Whenever right. we go to, into anything different, there's just some it's uncertainty. Scary. It's Every, different. You know, it's scary. It's exactly. Scary can, different can be scary. Mm-hmm. Change. Who moved my cheese, right? It's like, we all have something, even as adults. Yeah. And so so letting that be okay. It doesn't mean, you know, we, we don't want our children to feel like they're wrong or they're bad for having that fear, even though it's a lot easier if right. they don't. <laughs> it makes our job as parent harder, but that's what we signed up for when we became parents. Because there is no manual. <laughs> There's Yes, right? And so so it's letting it be okay. And then, okay, what's underneath this fear? What are what are you really, you know, what, what it's it's inviting them to share, you know, it seems like you might be a little bit fearful of not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow, or it seems like you're unsure whether you're going to like your teacher. For our younger kids, and even for our older kids, depending on how emotionally intelligent they are, we, we kind of need to give them the words mm-hmm. so that they can start understanding what their feelings are. And when we when we can get to the the fear, usually, that's behind the anxiety, then we can help them address it. It might be something like, well, hey, if you know, if you find, if you forget your lunch, like some, my son could just be like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do if I forget mm-hmm. my lunch? And he's all, he's all anxious, but underneath all that, once I finally ask a few questions, that's what he's really scared of. Then I can share with him. Okay. Well, if you forget what's your lunch, this is what we're going to do. Right. And then you can address the fear versus just this big feeling of anxiety that can escalate and makes and complete expand. sense. And I can't wait for our next podcast because we are going to talk about kids and and fear of a lot of different things. You know, I'm headed back to school and oh my gosh, I'm scared. Yes. So um, that is a great segue. We are going to talk about that in our next podcast. Is there anything else that you would like our audience to know before we go? You know, the one thing that I wanted to touch on regarding the college, letting your children go off to college mm-hmm. is that a lot of a lot of women that come work with me, they're, you know, they're in that stage where now their children are gone. And that transition can be harder for us as parents when we allow our identity to be around being mom. Huh, and if so true. And if that's our own identity, we're going to have a lot harder time letting go of the control that we talked about. We're going to have a lot harder time in that transition personally. Our mm-hmm. child's probably going to be fine. <laughs> right. We're the one that's going to be su- suffering. So my just my my quick tidbit on that is 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 don't deny yourself even as you're being mom. Like still have your things so that when your children are going to college. You, you still have those things that light you up versus just your child and love your child. Let them light right. you up, but also what's there for you too. An outside identity. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, what uh, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? So my business is called Joy Discovered and my website is joydiscovered.com. So it's joydiscovered with an ed.com. I've got tons of articles, YouTube videos, free resources. So that's where you can find me. And, and, and friends, she is a wealth of knowledge in this area and in many other areas, but you're just, it, your wonderful wealth of knowledge in this area. And thank you again for thank coming you. in. And thank you. To, thank you, friends, for listening to The Fashionista Life. I am Jennifer Johnson. And this broadcast is brought to you by True Fashionistas. Make your day fabulous. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Fashionista Life. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Fashionista Life.